1: And welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am your host, Tim Capper, and uh, no funny words for Cliff this week. No,
2: we, this is kind of uh, being thrown together kind of immediately, just with yeah. uh, all the excitement of today.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, not a long podcast. We just wanted to to, to get our, our thoughts and stuff like that out there. Um, we'll be speaking with uh, TSN's Matthew Shinetti in a couple of minutes uh, as we all talk about the—wow— the, uh, I'm trying to you know how they come up with these big words you know, on CNN or something you know these big headline things and what what could we call this um do we do we call it a bombshell? I
2: mean uh,
1: yes and no. Yes and no because uh, because you know when I I heard it and usually you and I have have reacted stronger to other things and I actually got some some uh some contact from my friends um on social media and through, uh, you know, text messages and stuff like that. And basically they're like WTF or, or something like that. And it's like, I really wasn't that bummed to hear that he was gone. I, I, I think I just wanted to know, like everyone else has, uh, what did he do to mm-hmm. break this agreement? You know, so I really wasn't I wasn't bummed. I really wasn't bummed at all. I mean, I, I've been bummed for worse. Mm-hmm
2: and I, I guess we should pre- preface this if you know those you folks have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Uh, Alouettes quarterback Johnny Manziel has officially been released by the team, and also has uh, been uh, pretty much told by the rest of the league. The the rest of the league has been told by CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi that uh, you are not to sign Manziel to a contract because it will not be honored. So if, essentially, Johnny Manziel will not be taking his talents up north anytime soon in the foreseeable future.
1: No, and I thought well, the interesting part of that was that it seemed with the Alowitz, uh press release that it was mandated by the league. And according to what Commissioner Ambrosius said today in, in, in an interview uh, earlier this evening, um, he was speaking with Farhan Lounge, is that um, it, it seemed like they tried to do everything they could. Um, they weren't, you know. He was asked, "Will they would they allow him to come back again?" I mean, it's it just just the language itself the way that it was used from this from you know when and is in his press press conference basically saying speak to the league we i we can't say what he he what have what what he did to get quote-unquote banned and i know everybody else is using that word except for the league and stuff like that but that, that's what it seems like but i i just i just i'm just curious to know what he want what he did
2: mm-hmm. yeah and that's kind of the mystery and a lot of people were expecting Johnny Manziel to come and fulfill his contract, uh, but there was also the prospect of this Alliance of American Football now that uh, that's gotten underway, mm-hmm. and we also have the XFL that's starting up next year. And Manziel has not hidden the fact that he, he seems a lot more comfortable with four-down football, which is what he learned when he was at the Texas, Texas A&M and when he was with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, coming up here to the CFL, obviously there is a considerable learning curve that I think a lot of American players kind of take for granted at first. But once they actually get in and start doing the work, they realize that, oh, this is, this is different altogether. And the ones that succeed are the ones that are willing to put in the work and Better their craft, better like learn everything they can about this league and try to be better with it. And then there are others who decide, Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to head back to the United States and ho- hopefully catch on with one of these fledgling leagues or just get out of football altogether. Because again, th- there's still that perception that well, the CFL is second tier or you know, just it's not as good as the NFL. And if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. But. This is not an easy league to play in, folks. And the the fact that all you think all these NFL guys would come up here and tear it up like they're supposed to, and none of them ever do. That's the funny thing. None of these superstars, if you want to call them that from the National Football League, never actually come up here and blow the doors off the the league like they're supposed to. Yeah,
1: it's always and been, it's always been those guys who who have been drafted, so this direct quote unquote draft that I use that term lightly, but you know, drafted into the league or signed by other coaches in the league. Yeah
2: hmm. And instead, uh, the, the ones who are successful are the guys you've never heard of before. And they come out of this tiny little college and, uh, you know, maybe they've had a, a cup of coffee with the NFL and it didn't work out there. And then they come up here, put in the work, do what it takes to become successful. And boom, you, you got guys like Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell who are making serious cash. No, they make some bank. I agree. So I Johnny Manziel, could he have been a part of that group? Uh, If he was serious about it, and I think history is going to end up showing that no, he really wasn't. He really came up here expecting to be playing like second-tier football and just was coming up here to dominate, and he didn't even come close to that. No. Uh, I think another great example is look at the fact that Boldi Mitchell was weighing his options when it came to free agency. Uh, he had a few tryouts with NFL teams. And again, he, he is essentially, I feel, one of, if not the best quarterback in the Canadian Football League. And the most he was going to get more than likely was maybe half a million, like the, the NFL's starting minimum for a rookie. And with no guarantee of being an actual starter. So he was going to go like he's currently a big fish in a small pond. That's the perception. And he would have gone to be a little fish in a big pond and decided, no, this this isn't going to be for me. And he came back to the CFL. Uh, But again, this this speaks to the fact that there's so many players out there that have those NFL aspirations but you know what? You can still make a pretty good career here in the CFL. And could Johnny Manziel have done that? I you know, a lot of people wanted him to be the next Doug Flutie. And if he was serious about being a better football player, then maybe that could have happened. But and again, the, this release just kind of proves and just furthers that idea that, well, just another NFL washout, really. And who knows what's going to happen to him now? Like he may go to the Alliance of American Football. He may go to the XFL. God only knows what's going to happen with his football career at this point. Yeah, uh, exactly, but, but I mean,
1: what at the moment? What
2: football <laughs> career? Well, that, that's just it. I mean, maybe the playing for the Montreal Alouettes of the Canadian Football League just doesn't have that same sexy cachet that it does playing for, I don't know, the New York Giants or the Dallas Cowboys. I, I'll, I'll give you that, but I mean, if you, if you if your goal is to reestablish yourself as a football player. To get back to the NFL, to get back to that chance, to have that dream that you had of being a professional football player in the United States, yeah, you, you, you would have had to put the work in. And unfortunately, I just never got the impression from day one that Manzel was really truly serious about developing himself to being a CFL player. And like to him, that, that that seemed like a a terrible thing to be, like as a CFL player. And it's unfortunate because Maybe if he fought, just applied himself a little yeah. bit more, it, it could have he could have had himself a really decent career. I just don't see anyone from the NFL knocking down his door at this point. No. And whether this uh, Alliance of American Football or XFL, if those even last, because, I mean, already the AA, AAF is on a bit of shaky ground. Not exactly the great start financially that uh, a lot of people are expecting it to be. And God only knows what the XFL is going to provide a year from now. So, I mean, there's... There's so many questions right now, more than anything else. And I,
1: I think what's good, I think you know it's very possible that the AAL, uh, sorry the AAF and the XFL will probably uh, send a uh, send a thank you bouquet to the CFL for on uh, you know for for actually showing what happens when you hi- when you have Johnny Menzel as a as a quarterback and what you may have to deal with. So it's uh, we don't know what's going to happen with them, but I mean it's it, it's funny. After all the Alouettes fans have gone through in less than a year with all the trades, with all the losing of draft picks, um, I am – I think I, – because I never – I never, you know, we, I never got into the hype of Johnny football, nor did you. And no. I, I think we are, we're able to go now get back to getting this team back to the way that it is and making a – making the Alouettes name uh, a force to deal with in, in the CFL once again, so – and I'll, I'll
2: i'll share something with you that well we, we talked about this at the uh, the jersey launch when manzel came to, came to town to do an interview and we assumed that he was going to be a part of the jersey launch and he was nowhere to be found but who was there vernon adams jr yep. matthew Schultz, yep. antonio pipkin mm-hmm. and i said to you you know like we were kind of just wondering just sort of in passing you know where's manzel why isn't he at this thing and i said you know what as far as i'm concerned the real quarterbacks for the Montreal Alouettes are here tonight yeah. at this event, yeah. and those are the three gentlemen that I just rattled off. Like those are your quarterbacks, Alouettes Nation, and those are the guys that are going to lead this team back to I want to believe respectability. As, as far as I'm concerned, those are the horses that you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to bet on, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. You may not. We may not get to the Great Cup in 2019. I don't think anyone is truly expecting that. I think the Alouettes, though. I think when all is said and done, the news today is going to be a blessing in disguise solely for the fact that it's now going to change a lot of what the Alouette's narrative was going to be in 2019. Because now you don't have to worry about designing a playbook around Johnny Manziel. Now you focus on guys like Adams, Pipkin, Schiltz. Play to their strengths. Play to the kind of quarterbacks that these guys can be and make them winners. And you know what? As I said last year with uh, Schiltz and Pipkin, you know they're young guys. They're going to take their lumps. They're going to get they're they're going to get blown out. They're going to suffer some pretty bad losses. But they'll get better. The experience will make them better quarterbacks as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I think now this is that prime opportunity. Now you don't have to worry about Johnny Mansell and trying to cater to him or anything like that. Yeah. Now you focus on these young studs and Vernon Adams as well, who has won football games in the Canadian Football League. Antonio Pipkin has won games in the Canadian Football League. Matthew Schultz. I still have a lot of belief that this guy is going to be something special in this league if you nurture him and give him the chance to grow. And this just opens it up because now there's one less quarterback to have to worry about when training camp starts in late May.
1: Yeah, uh, we just got I have just got notification. We do have uh, TSN's Matthew Shinetti on the line. Uh, let's let's go ahead and speak with Matt right now. Well, Obviously, this was one hell of a day for uh, Alouette fans and CF and the CFL fans also. Uh, when we happen to hear that uh, Johnny Manziel was released today by the Alouettes, um, and by it looks like on the mandate of the CFL, but we're going to get into more of that, uh, we felt what better person to come and speak with us this week is a guy who deals with the CFL almost on a daily basis, TSN's Matthew Shanetti, Thanks for joining us, Matthew.
0: No problem, guys. How are we?
1: Uh, I- interesting day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard to uh, work at work your normal you know my day job when you see this thing come over and it's like uh, but I, I think overall you know i really it's funny cliff and i don't know how you thought about this i just i really wasn't mad because i i guess i i, I sort of expected this to occur but cliff what about you I kind of
2: expected this to happen. I just didn't expect it to go down the way that it did today. And I think that's what's kind of throwing a lot of people off. And, of course, just fanning a lot of the fires of of the haters, if you will, like people that are just looking for any excuse to bag on Cavis Reed or the Alouettes in general. And I think this just, like I said, was just a big old pile of gasoline to throw on an already raging dumpster fire. Uh, Matt, feel free to chime in. What?
0: Uh, well, what do you? What, honestly, what's your take? For me, it, 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 honestly for me. This is um, this is a the end of a very complicated, and unfortunate story for the Canadian Football League. When Johnny Mandel came in, obviously he was he was going to move the needle significantly for the Canadian Football League in a lot of ways, but it really started to go downhill. I think when he himself started to realize in Hamilton that he wasn't going to be the number one guy, uh, and then. Uh, as As Jeremiah Muooli continued to be very successful, and then that that what go, will go down, I think, is the worst trading in the, in the history of the uh, Canadian Football League uh, to give up starters two, 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 uh, two bona fide starters and a uh, and two first round picks for a guy who came in, what was it less than a week later? Yeah. And, and essentially um, his first pass goes right in the midst of Larry Dean. Uh, the linebacker for, for the team that he used to play for. I think it 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 really does show you that this um, that this was never a very good situation. Now, there's going to be a lot of speculation today, tomorrow, and the weeks ahead about Johnny Manziel. Uh, if as if you traffic in information in Canadian football league circles like I do, you've noticed that people have been very very careful uh, in speaking about things. Have there been rumors? Have there been speculation? Have there been assumptions made about Johnny Manziel? For um, you know, I can certainly say there 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 has been chatter uh, about what. I don't really like to go ahead and 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 dabble in in things I can't myself um, corroborate. Uh, but I think what I can say is being in that locker room towards the end of the season, being in Montreal during that whole situation of the alleged concussion and and then the, the mysterious flu afterwards, mm-hmm. speaking to veterans on, on the Alouette, and seeing their reaction to Antonio Pipkin, a lot of people were questioning whether or not Johnny Manziel was fully committed to being a success in the Canadian Football League. Uh, and that's not because of reason A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It was just because they, on the perception of those who've won great cups in the league, on the perception of those who've been starters in the CFL, on the perception of those guys who who. Who go beyond the, the the mandated four and a half hours? Many of them said to me, if Johnny Manziel comes back in 2019 is still the, is still the quarterback of the Montreal Alouettes, he needs to really embrace were were the words I was constantly hearing the um, uh, the lifestyle of a, of a professional of a professional quarterback. And that is that to me was a very striking statement coming from some of his teammates and some of observers around the league uh, to say that there were. Uh, players that didn't necessarily want him to succeed were their son absolutely I can tell you I've been receiving text messages from from CFL players today going well looks like uh, Johnny Mandel didn't pan out again not not shocking not surprising yeah. but there's also the uh, there's also the other side of it too that that there are players that wanted uh, Mandel to succeed there are there are guys who who wanted this to be a success for the Canadian Football League because they saw how much interest Mandel brought to the to the CFL, uh, this is, I think, not a win for the Canadian Football League. I won't go so far as to say a black eye or or it it it, it ruins reputation, you know, it's, a, it's it's a hit to Randy Ambrose's reputation. I think ultimately this will go down as a misjudgment, and I think, um, what the great thing about this season is is that Johnny Mandel was not going to move the needle in 2019, all the quarterback movement this past free agency has really moved the needle and there's so many great stories in 2019 that I think that we will forget about this situation or at least it'll be in the background uh, until Johnny Mandel resurfaces, you know, whether it's in the AF AAF, or the XFL or wherever, or if he decides to, you know, on his podcast, speak about the CFL and everything that happened, which given the nature of that podcast would not shock me. Um, All in all, I just think that everyone's being careful for a reason. This was always going to be a very delicate situation for the CFL. It didn't work out, but that's the nature of this business. In football and in professional sports, there are no guarantees.
1: Now, you, you, you look at it, how it was actually reported by the mainstream media, uh, less the league, less TSN. A lot of them were using the word banned, especially from what – you know, the statement that was put out by the Alouettes and the league basically stating that any team who wanted to uh, put him under contract again, it would not be – it wouldn't be accepted and would be rejected. Um it, why do you think they are trying to stay specifically away, uh, away from the word "banned"? Because the, what we're seeing is fans from across the league, and maybe anybody in sports. It looks like you know he is not going to be allowed back in this league, no matter what commissioner may they may have said earlier to Farhan Alajee earlier on TSN uh, Sports Center tonight, and and what he's what they've put out. But why why are they staying away from this word "banned" in particular?
0: Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with as I said, this is a very delicate situation. Um, all the context around the conditions that that Johnny Mendel needed to fulfill in order to, to, to be a, a member uh, of not only the Hamilton Tirecats, Montreal, Alouettes, but just to be a player in the CFL, mm-hmm. had to be met. And um, when you're dealing with all of the situations surrounding uh, those conditions, it, it would be, I think, not too aggressive, but you have to be very, you just have to be very careful. These are the, you know, what you're dealing with and, I'm not directing this necessarily at Menzel, but when you're dealing with, within the context of, uh, past allegations, uh, past run-ins with the law, mm-hmm. substance abuse issues, mental health issues, you do not want to put yourself in a vulnerable position where you're using strong words like ban, right? Because you don't want to open yourself up to, um, you know, the, the, the often, you know, the, the, any, the, any potential for any uh, uh, legal action. Again, I'm not, I'm not insinuating that, that Eric Burkhart, Johnny Manziel, Zader, Johnny Manziel are going to take the leak to court. I'm not saying that at all. Right. What I'm saying is you have to be careful in these situations with the words you used. Um, and if, it, if, if other things come out, uh, would I expect the CFL perhaps – to use stronger language. We've seen them use stronger language already in terms of the, you know, the the, the mess situation. Yes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's interesting to me, um, that they didn't use stronger language, but I also understand that Randy Ambrosi uh, Probably want to air and, and the and the football communications and the legal staff of the CFL probably want to err on the side of caution in this situation.
1: How is it much different though, Matthew, when it comes to I said the journalism situation? The league has actually commented on on other stuff which we would deem to be uh, detrimental to the league and to a team and and uh, you know a, a player's status. Uh, isn't it kind of hypocritical hypercrit- that they're still sort of changing the narrative in a way just because of one particular? Uh, section within an agreement. I mean, I know I know about NDAs and all that and CDAs and stuff like that, but it seems like this is this agreement seems to be more wow, more more of a legal document than the actual standard player contract is in the CFL.
0: Yeah, I I can I can totally understand how how you, how you and others might see that. I tend to think of the situation in these terms. There was a a an exceptional extraordinary agreement made between Johnny Mendel, his representatives in the Canadian football league. Right. Um, this extraordinary situation required a lot of delicate negotiations. And I think because the league understands its place in terms of, uh, uh, you know, especially Randy Ambrose, he tried to base uh, a lot of what he does on facts. Uh, and because those other situations that you point to did involve, uh, some level of 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 legal um, uh, some part of the legal process, and and certainly in situations like Jerome Messam and uh, and I, there's a few others I'm forgetting that were um, the matters before the court. I, I think the league used strong language because it wanted to to keep itself uh, forward facing in terms of understanding that there are bigger things than 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 football. The legal process takes precedence, and even though all and the, even though every athlete, every person is innocent until proven guilty, mm-hmm. that um, you know sports goes by the wayside there, and 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 it's more important for and and you don't want a player to be a distraction given given the the legal situation they might be in. Sure. With Mandel, he's not being He's not charged with anything. He hasn't gone ahead and you know, for all we know on the surface of it, he hasn't he hasn't committed some he hasn't committed a crime um, that would require him to be a part of the legal process in this country. And I think given that and given maybe some other situations that we might not know, but given how tight-lipped everything has been, I think there's a reason why they haven't used the word banned. I I think there, I think there's a reason why they, they were very circumspect with, uh, with all of their, uh, with all of their, with all the language they used.
1: Okay. Cliff?
0: Okay.
2: Uh, now, some of the language you heard earlier today, and i uh, speaking to what you were talking about with uh, strong worded or strongly worded uh, statements. Uh, one of the things that came out was that uh, Brandy Ambrose had pretty much forced the Alouettes to release him, whereas the Alouettes had, or Kavis read, had said, that had the league not forced their hand, they would have kept Mansell. Uh, do you think this... Again, this is definitely uncharted territory. But I mean, is this has there been any sort of sort of precedent for something like this uh, before in the Canadian Football League, or is this truly such a unique situation that it just sort of calls for its own sort of set of rules?
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I think that's what you, I think you hit the nail on the head. clip. I just think this was just so exceptional. Uh, never before. Maybe you talk about the Ricky Williams scenario. Maybe that's that's one that 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 probably maybe falls. Uh, in the same realm, but this is, you know, Johnny Manziel came up here with a lot of baggage. He came up here with with a very checkered past. He came up here um, himself, very transparent, or at least appearing to be transparent, saying, "I want to be better. I want my new life to start." Uh, you know, I, I interacted with Manziel quite a bit over the course of the twenty uh, the twenty eighteen season, and he, oh, on the surface, he struck me as someone I think who didn't necessarily appreciate and I'm not going to I don't really know the reasons why he, he's someone who seems to, to not really appreciate the complexities of the Canadian football league, Uh, but that's not, that's not different than every, any other American who comes up here and thinks that, well, this isn't, this this isn't the NFL. So it's much easier. Oftentimes when Americans think that, I think obviously to Trent Richardson, uh, it's easy to, to, say well you know there's one less down there's a bigger field and and all of this stuff it's well if it's supposedly easier than you would think that Johnny Menzel would have thrown for 5,000 yards and Trent Richardson would have been a 2,500 yard rusher this is a very difficult league and you have to pay it respect and you have to be aware of of all the nuances and I think Menzel didn't I, I don't think he didn't understand I just don't think he was fully aware of how much work it was going to take to be a success in this league. Ask, ask Mike Riley, ask Trevor Harris, ask Travis Lule, ask Kevin Glenn, ask these guys who have been staples and have won great Cups and thrown over 50,000 yards, that this is a league that demands more than the four-and-a-half-hour minim, minimum that players are allowed to, to be in the facility. This is a league that demands that, that especially at the quarterback position, that you be locked in all the time. There's a reason why Mike Riley is making north of $700,000 in 2018. It's because he's uh, 2019. He's the best damn quarterback in the Canadian Football League, and there's a reason for it. I don't necessarily think Johnny Mandel came in with a full appreciation of the CFL, and I'm not entirely sure he leaves the full appreciation of the CFL. That doesn't mean he's a bad person. It doesn't mean he's naive. I just think that the guys who come to this league and are successful understand that this is, a, this is football that demands respect. Um, and I think that Johnny Manziel had a, had a perception of what he was going to get into in the CFL. I think he had an idea in his head that, uh, as, as he was quoted saying many times, that he would ball out up here. This isn't backyard football. This isn't sandlot football. This is three downs on a 125-yard field, uh, and, and it is, it is absolutely uh, demanding, and it expects so much out of you every day for for six and a half, seven months if you're lucky to get to the great Cup. Mm-hmm. And I hope Johnny Menzo when he goes forward, he says he's in his tweet today he says he's he's learned to love the game and, and all that stuff. that's great. but this is this, the, you know the, the CFL is a legacy league it has it has a tremendous amount of, of, of history and the reason for that is great players have come up here. Ask Warren Moon. Great players have come up here, understood what this league demands and have been successful. Unfortunately for Johnny Mandel, he was not – the metric for his success uh, would have to be – would have to probably be downgraded significantly for it to be considered any kind of win. But I think everyone, when it comes to people who are dealing with substance abuse and, and like Mandel, have expressed their mental health issues and things they are dealing with, you only want to wish them the best. And I think everyone – with the CFO, regardless of how the Johnny Manziel saga ended today with the Montreal Alouettes, mm-hmm. I think everyone really wants the only the best for Johnny Manziel, as you would for anyone who's trying to rebuild their life after making mistakes.
1: Now, Cavis uh, today got completely grilled during his 4 p.m. Uh, media scrum by the Montreal the media. Um, what what do you, what would you say to Alouette fans who are who are basically grilling Cavis? And saying, "Well, look what you gave up earlier—the uh, trade, you know, the players that we lost, the, the the picks that we lost." What would you say to to Alouette fans to basically say, "You know, everything's cool. Just you know, it's not necessarily Caves's fault." <laughs> tough question.
0: <laughs> that's a really, really that's a really, really tough question. Um, <laughs> That's what Tim uh, does. I, I, he
2: asks the tough questions. Yeah,
0: I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be diplomatic here, given that this is a very, this is a day when we've seen on television, uh, at least in the political arena, a lot of people having to answer difficult questions very carefully. That's true. Um, I would say to you that this now has likely brought uh, a lot of things to the forefront for the Alouettes. Montreal went into this off season. On the high of its its rebranding, which we've discussed before, yep. the excellent, um, the look, the feel. Uh, although I know it's being debated uh, of the new of the new logo of the new look, and I there was a lot of positivity generated by that that rejuvenation, as it were. That's now gone because Matthew Schultz, Vernon Adams Jr., Antonio Pipkin, and Jeff Matthews are the four quarterbacks for the Montreal Alouettes. None of whom have any sustained success in the Canadian football league. And in this league, and I think Johnny Manziel le- uh, appreciates it now, you cannot be a success in the Canadian football league if on a team, if you don't have an unbelievable quarterback. That's the reason why the Edmonton Eskimos paid uh, $1.1 million over life of the contract for Trevor Harris. It's the reason why uh, Ed Hervey basically went ahead and, Took the biggest swing uh, in, in, in in CFL history on Mike Riley. And if you believe Jim Pop, it's the reason why the Argos tried to offer uh, $50,000 more over the life of what would have been his deal with the Toronto Argonauts, the Bull Levi Mitchell. You need to be a great, great, great quarterback in this league. And the Montreal Alouettes don't have one on the surface right now. Not only that, Johnny Mandel sold a hell of a lot of shirts and swag and jerseys and memorabilia. The Alouettes need to sell themselves. this this new rebranding it looks good. It has that streetwear vibe and feel of it. That's great. But Mike Sherman and Cavis Reed uh, and that entire staff is now staring at a season where they are now firmly still rooted at the bottom of the east of the East Division. And um, that's not good. You've talked about this before, yeah. and I'll finish it here. Uh, I want the Montreal Alouettes to be successful. i I long for the days of 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 Percival Molson jumping and shaking because you're watching the best offense in the league and, or, or, or a team that's going to make you jump out of your seat every single game. Um, at this point right now, I don't see the Montreal Alouettes doing that. I, 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 when you look at the Hamilton tire cats as the example of, 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 of sustainability and at this point um, structure, I look at the Alouettes as almost the complete opposite. Uh, they have a lot to show the CFL in, in, in 2019 uh, and I really think that if they don't, we're going to be, we're, we're getting back to that moment of, 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 a real, um, I don't like to use the word crisis point. We're getting to that point. If Montreal has a season like, like it did last year or even worse, we're getting to a real, um, a real interesting moment. I'll put it in the life of this new iteration of the Alouettes. I want them to, I want them to be successful, but Cavis Reed and Mike Sherman, uh, everything got really, really difficult today.
2: Yeah. Cliff. Okay. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your, your fellow media members. Uh, a lot of them definitely went hard for Johnny Manziel, uh, as far as, uh, the potential that he could have brought to this league and potential of him resurrecting his career with, with the Canadian football league, whether it was going to be with the tiger cats or now the Alouettes. Uh, and now it's a complete about face, uh, with a lot of these media folks, uh, as far as you're concerned, uh, where's history going to show uh, Johnny Manziel in the Canadian Football League?
0: I think ultimately uh, history will show that Johnny Manziel um, was a big swing by the CFL. Listen, I worked for, I worked for the network that, that has the big television contract deal with the Canadian Football League. We saw it immediately. Johnny Manziel moved the needle. Um, it, it's undeniable. Some players don't like it. Some 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 people don't like it. They don't think he earned much. It, and so people thought it even diminished the the hard work of so many bona fide CFL stars. It is unfortunate to say, but it did. he did because he brought with him and and all the context around Johnny Mendel. He brought with him, um, he brought with with him this this attention that immediately put eyeballs on the CFL. Now, again, like I said, it's totally different this year has some great fantastic storylines. But a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, I think we'll look at it like we looked at Ricky Williams. We're going to look at it like we looked at Trent Richardson, I think on a bigger scale.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to take a look at another American who came up here who thought the CFL was a backyard football league, who came up here and thought that there was a bigger wider field and didn't necessarily knew, didn't under- necessarily understand I should say, that when you're standing on the when you're standing on the left hash mark at the 25 yard line and you have to throw across the field you are essentially throwing a 45-yard bomb that you would be throwing in the NFL. And, and people don't, again, I say, and this is what I tell my friends who, who tend to downplay the CFL, it's not the NFL, it's not this, it's not that. This is professional football. This is tough. I get, I get the pleasure of watching um, one of the longest-running prof- North American professional sports leagues week in and week out from the sidelines every summer. This is not a league for the faint of heart. And if if I could have given if I could have told Johnny Manziel when he came in, I would have told him, you better come here and respect it, man, because this is not college football, this is a professional football. This might not be in the NFL in your estimation, but a lot of guys who play in the NFL have come up here and struggled. Yeah. So be humble about it. And I think in five, ten, fifteen years from now, even a year from now, we will all say to ourselves, Johnny Manziel did not appreciate what he was getting into. And I think the the CFL took a swing and they missed. And it wasn't a win for them.
1: Would you put uh, Johnny Mentel into the same boat as Vince Ferragamo, another infamous one-year quarterback for the Alouettes? Uh, I, I
0: you know what? I, I don't necessarily. Obviously, he played for Montreal, and, and Cavis went ahead and, and had that that extraordinarily bad trade mm-hmm. for him. But I think the entire league owns this. Okay. From the BC Lions to the Edmonton Eskimos to and and, and a lot of people across the league will not be happy that I said that. And I know some personnel people who would look at me um, and if they listen, and if they listen to your podcast, they will probably call me and say WTS. But this was a, this was a, a, a bet and a risk on every part of every, from everyone in this league. And unfortunately it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work and it wasn't a win. And uh, just given the times we live in and social media being what it is and the fact that Alouette's games are being shown on ESPN and, Comeback season was was a big podcast on Barstool, and and literally I can tell you because I lived it last year. Every time Johnny Manziel was or was not there at practice, myself or John Liu were doing live hits into Sports Center. At the end of the day, uh, he, yeah, it's uh, it's not a great moment for the CFL, but I think they tried their best to kind of ease this into the sunset.
1: Is it fair to say that in this this is part of the to the last tweet that I put out on social media? Is it fair to say that the, based on what happened today, the, uh, the debacle really, as you said, really was in the Alouettes, but the Owls are actually collateral damage.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's fair. I think that's fair to say. I think that um, there there have been many questions about Cavis Reed, Reed's um, abilities as a general manager, as a director of uh, uh, player personnel, as 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 a as someone who um, has the ability to to run a football team or to make a plan, a sustainable plan. Mm-hmm. And nothing in the situation helped Cavis Reed's cause at all. Yeah,
1: it will be interesting to see what happens going forward, uh, Matt. We we really appreciate your time, your insight. Um, it was greatly appreciated that you can join us on such a. It's it's somber, but it's as you said, it, there's more to what's happening in 2019 than just what happened with Johnny Manziel. You know, a day yeah. before the beginning of March, not 2019.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. This, uh, this has been an interesting offseason, if
1: nothing else. Oh, no kidding, no kidding. But again, uh, don't forget if you want to watch Matt, he is on TSN. You got the guy knows what he's talking about, and we we appreciate your time and and we hope to speak to you again, obviously uh, uh, going forward into the, the rest of the uh, twenty nineteen season. Take care, boys. Uh, once again, uh, thanks for Matt for coming on. It's it's interesting to see from a. Um, from an insider, basically that's what Matt is. From an insider's point of view, on on what he thinks about. Uh, situation, a situation like this happens in the league and um, a lot of the stuff that he said made a lot of sense Uh, you know, you and I were having questions when it came to transparency and and, and how the league was was dealing with it and the only only thing that I didn't get to ask him before we finished up our conversation was he called that one of the worst trades in CFL history, what about the Ricky Ray trade (laughs) to Toronto I was like, what? What are you talking about?
2: Yep Uh. (laughs) Uh, being being traded uh, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback for a kicker, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty brutal right there. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think when all said and done, yes, the optics they didn't look great in, in July 2018 when the trade went down, and it's still not going to look good for a long time just because of the simple fact that the first round draft picks for the Alouettes next year and the year after belong to the Hamilton Tiger Cats that looks bad, but at the end of the day, when it comes to draft picks, I mean. First round draft picks haven't exactly set the world on fire. No, in in the Canadian Football League, I mean it's always a crapshoot. Yes, you're going to find some very talented Canadian players, and the draft—that's what the draft is for. And ideally, you don't want to give away currency like that so easily. Uh, But again, it it really does come down to who you draft and how you develop them. And you can develop superstars at any level. Like you can find—you can find fourth round draft picks that are going to be studs. You can find. First-round draft picks are going to be busts. You can find all these things in every single round of every draft. I mean, it really does come down to the organization and just how prepared you are to craft the players of the future.
1: Uh, and what's very funny to you talk about the draft is that what people need to remember, too, who may not follow CFL football, that's only half your roster. <laughs> you still got to deal with the other half of the roster from getting other players, whether it be undrafted free agents or players from the U.S. or whatever. So it's... You, you have to find your players somewhere and you, and you still – you have to make sure that they are that, – that you develop them and they become what they do. And they If they become a superstar, they become a superstar, whether it be on offense, defense, defense, special teams or whatever.
2: And I'll give you an example. We do have a first overall pick in our lineup in Hinoak Mwamba. But let's not forget Hinoak's career path took several turns. Like after he was drafted by Winnipeg, like he went to the NFL for a little while. He came up here, bounced around to a couple of teams, including Montreal on another go around. Uh, It's only within the past couple of years that he's really settled down and become the dominant player that he is. I mean, this this takes time. And it also comes down to the organization, how much time you're willing to put in to better yourself as a football player, how much time the organization itself wants to develop you as a player. I mean, these are all things that have to sort of fall into place. So, I mean, it's. Nothing's guaranteed. I mean, just because a guy's a first overall pick doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be an instant stud. That's going to tear up the league at whatever position he's at. It, it, it it's it's a long game, folks. Think and
1: it, well, people need to remember. Well, I can swear there's a most recent uh, Hall of Famer uh, for the Montreal Alouettes who had probably one of the worst two two seasons in his career, and uh, then he then he came to Montreal. I, I you know I mean, think of what would happen if Anthony Calvillo had not been had been totally not heard of ever again after after his year with hamilton uh, with hamilton and las vegas
2: oh my god that that anthony calville would not be playing football in 2019 i can tell you that right now it
1: just goes to show you (laughs) that you sometimes it does take a little bit longer it's not always a one-year wonders Yes, you're gonna have some guys who do really well but it is about unfortunately and but you know fans may not like it right away but you sometimes do have to go through hardships
2: Oh yeah. I look, I look, Mike Riley and Boley, I at one point were third string guys on the team mm-hmm. haven't, and they had to wait for their turn. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it is. It's just, it's when you're, when your number is called, you better be ready. And that's what it was with those guys. Yeah. And that can apply to again, any of these young quarterbacks, I don't care who, who, who you are, whether you've got the experience that Adams now has, or if you're still kind of learning your way, like what Schiltz is, it doesn't matter. It just comes down to when your number is called, you better be ready. And if you are and you get that chance to succeed, you, you you run with it as long as you can. And that's where you find your next great CFL quarterback. It doesn't just because a guy's a first round draft pick in the NFL or because he's, you know, a, a major stud in uh, in other areas. Like it just it, nothing is guaranteed in this league. That's the thing about it is you've got to put the work in. And the guys that put the work in, you see the rewards almost instantly. But sometimes you also have to, again, you play the long game. You 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 just dedicate yourself to being the best possible football player,
1: and more often than not, it does pay off. Yeah, and you know it's funny. Even after all this, I actually feel a hell of a lot better at our quarter, who who we have under who have uh, signed as quarterback now than I did when Johnny came in.
2: Oh, without question. I again, I I firmly believe Vernon Adams can be that guy. I think Antonio Pipkin showed a very small sample size that given the right environment, he can he can succeed. He can thrive. Uh, and as far as anyone else uh, that we haven't mentioned, I mean, sky's the limit. It really does come down to how bad you want it.
1: Yeah. So... Um, don't forget, we are on social media. You can find us multiple places. Uh, when it, com- uh, it comes to regular social, you can find us over at Twitter at Deck and over at our Facebook page at Alouettes Flight Deck. And if you want to try to follow uh, and listen to all of our past episodes that are in our archive, uh best place to do it is to go over to uh, www.alouettesflightdeck.ca or head over to Google Play Music, um, iTunes, Spotify, or Sti- uh, Stitcher. Yeah, I got them all. You got them all? I got them all. So, uh again, uh we appreciate everybody for joining us for this uh very interesting and special episode. Again, thanks to Matthew Shenetti for joining us and giving us his insight. Cliff, uh maybe uh the next time that we meet, it won't be under such weird-ass circumstances.
2: No, I think uh, next time we uh we do this, uh, it'll be for a good thing. I think it'll be for a uh We'll, we'll be either celebrating a, a player's uh, signing or we're going to be just talking to one of the guys that we already have on our roster or, hey, we've actually, later this new month that's coming up, uh, we've got a CFL combine to sit and talk about. So, again, there's there's lots of like Today was a, a very interesting day, to say the least. Uh, but who knows? Maybe this just ends up being yet another footnote to what could hopefully be a very interesting and very exciting 2019 CFL season. Yeah.
1: And I will just uh, end the show with... What I put on my Twitter account today uh, that's over at, at Repack by the can follow Cliffy at, at, at Cliffy D. I said, in my opinion, this Mandel debacle is more of a black eye for the league and the commissioner. The Montreal Alouettes were just collateral damage. Think about that at me if you want. I'm curious to know what you think. So, Cliff, good talk with you, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. So, everybody here at the Alouettes flight deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Take